was thinking about it, and I think the most successful rappers ever come out of Boston so far are Mark Wahlberg and John Cena. Yes, but John <laughs> Cena is not from Boston. He's from like West Newbury. Or so some, it count. Yeah, it doesn't count. It should. John Cena is very good. Uh, <laughs> I bought I bought the My Time Is Now album. But Mark Wahlberg, yes, he is from Boston. I feel like I have like family that like hung with him, or like at least saw them around. My dad always tells me about like as kids they saw all the Boston you know, famous people around because they came up in the city. Yeah, like my dad said, they you definitely could see Bobby Brown running around on any given time and. and Ralph Trezva practicing karate and shit. <laughs> like, that stuff was all real stuff. Welcome to episode three of Everything Else, the new series on NBC10 Boston, where we bring in a different guest each episode to skip the typical questions you probably expect us to ask about. To have conversations that are different, each episode will start by introducing our guest and a list of three banned topics. Those topics will be based on what that person's known for, what's most obvious, or what they've been asked about too much already. I'm your host, Ray Fischetti, and this week our guest is the extremely talented and hilarious Michael Christmas. If you don't know who he is, Mike's a rapper from Roxbury who's built a worldwide following since he hit the scene as a teenager in 2014 with his debut mixtape, Is This Art? He's been consistent ever since with big music and tours and recently dropped his latest album, Baggy Eyes 2. Shortly after that release, he directed a short film called Paranoia as well as a music video for the song New Dap by the group Super Smash Bros. Before we get into this, I want to point out that you'll probably notice a lot of edits in this interview. Um, I didn't tell Mike not to swear because I didn't want him to have it in his head the whole time and answer questions weird. And, you know, I thought I'd probably have to edit like five or six swears. He swore about 255 times, but it's all good. The interview's great. It's hilarious. Enjoy it. Michael Christmas. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming in, man. That's me. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I'm in the building. I'm in this. To describe to y'all what this room looks like, I look like I'm about to be fired and escorted out. <laughs> it's a big glass conference room. <laughs> it's nice. And it's like really shitty outside, but it's like a good temperature in here. So it looks super cool. Did uh, Tim, did your manager tell you the premise of this podcast? No, not at all. Okay. He good. told me it was you. Oh, cool. He told Word. me it was you, and he told me it was this building, and I said, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Word. For this, I was like, all right, all the things that people always ask, mm -hmm. I'm going to ban those, so it has like three banned topics. Fire. So for this episode- So we're not going to talk about the history of Boston hip-hop in the past 10 years? None of that. Because I feel like it's documented pretty well at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think you could, I'm like, if I can Google the answer, why would I ask? You, you can Google the answer to anything <laughs> yeah. at this point. We've been talking about this for so long now. <laughs> yeah. So the band topics today, uh, number one is just rap music in general. Okay. Number two is like the music industry because I know it's, there's already, you've already talked about touring and all that. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. The number three is Boston. No Boston. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Those are all things that I'm willing to talk about, but I get what you're saying because you're not going to ask any of the cool questions. You're going to ask all the same questions, the <laughs> yeah. informative questions. Y'all don't need to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> so just, you've done a lot of interviews now and doing them. Uh -huh. Is there any like consistent thing that's like, that's annoying. Why did they always do that? Um, the state of Boston rap is something that comes up almost immediately every time. Yeah. And then also, uh, it's like they ask that they heard in other interviews. Mm -hmm. Like, I heard in this other interview that this is a thing in your life. Can you talk about that? 
<laughs> differently than you did in that one. <laughs> like, yeah. like about my family, shit like that. Like, what's it like? Uh, or you know what? What's it like? And how has Boston shaped my being? Like, I'm just going to Sox games and chugging beer every time. Like, Boston's <laughs> the shit, bro. It's amazing. The food is amazing, and the homies are amazing. But it's like there's only so much, you know, that I can talk about differently than anybody else yeah. uh, about this place. So whenever I get a chance to talk about, you know, fun stuff like other stuff, because I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so to flip that uh, in interviews, is there anything that you just want to talk about that no one's given you the opportunity to? Like they don't ask you a question that you want to get asked? Everything. bro. I want to I talk. A, I don't talk a lot because I'm never with nobody. I'm always in the crib like I play Call of Duty now that it's out. The new one, so much, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't go do stuff. And even when I do go do stuff, my conversations, they're cool. Like, I talk to everybody, and I am I love talking to people. But I don't talk a lot, so when I get into a topic that I want to talk about, I'll just keep going. <laughs> I'm like the kid who, like, when he goes into the room trying to talk to the older family members, and they're just like, yo, there's grown people talking. And you slapped in the mouth and sent back in the room, and you're like, damn, I really wanted to talk about that. Or whatever, I'll hold it. And then somebody's like, so what did you want to talk about? Like, that's that's all my life. So everything, really. And also, I don't hate talking about the state of Boston. I just like talking about the state current. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's happening now yeah. with everybody and stuff like that. Like, there's, so, there's a new artist every day that's really tight to me. Yeah. So even right now, I think there's people who musically are far and away ahead of me already in their young age that are going to be huge. And, and I think that's cool. I think they... uh. They, they like to have the narrative that there's nobody here uh, always because there wasn't at a point, but now there's yeah. so many people here and it's really tight. Um, you can go to a show on any given night and see like the first person on the bill and they'll blow you away with like a song that you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, like in two, three years, you're going to have like a hundred of those and then what's going to happen? You know what I'm saying? That's really tight to me. But yeah, I want to talk about food and fucking <laughs> the worst places in America. You know what I'm saying? Alabama. <laughs> I was just in the middle of Indiana, and it was Ooh, unreal. I was going to say Indiana. It was horrible, it was but it is bad, dude. It is horrible. It's the bad, food was dude. atrocious. Yeah, and everyone know. is just everywhere. It's just like big, big gulps and burgers. Yeah. That's all I saw. And I always meet cool people everywhere. If yeah. I'm doing a show, I always meet super cool people. But the actual, like, I went to, uh, I want to say Cleveland. I Yeah. I always like kind of laugh at rappers when they're like so over the top in some of these like character looking positions. But like, I also laugh at the other end of it. Like, that's a normal guy at some point. So when you're doing like regular guy stuff, like say you get an apartment or a credit card, do you write rapper as your job? No. Um, a lot of the time I write like musician or something along those lines. It sounds more poor, I feel <laughs> like too. So that's cool. Um, I don't like writing rapper. I think it just looks like rapper is a real job. But it's really like you're an entertainer. That's what it is. Like you go around and you entertain motherfuckers. Or unless you're like, you know what I'm saying, I'm an MC. Like yeah. <laughs> and then then yeah, I guess you're a rapper, but like still that doesn't feel like the job. Mm -hmm. The job doesn't feel like rapper. It's like you have to do so much. Like I like to say model sometimes. Cause sometimes they call me and be like, yo, put these clothes on and take these pictures and we'll give you money. That's modeling. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'm a male model. <laughs> like, you feel me? I'm, you should I'm, only say that. <laughs> I absolutely have male model on a plaque with my name on it. In my house. <laughs> they said, what do you want your plaque to say? I was like, definitely put male model on it. That's amazing. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, I, I'm, we make hats. I, we make hats. That's 
clothes. Like I make clothes, but like it's really all just in that rapper package. Yeah. So it's uh, I'd like to say musician. My dad always told me to say writer. He doesn't like the rapper name. Yeah. You know what it is? Is so many for as many cool, awesome people that there are as rappers. There's so many like corny. So I feel like there's a lot of like bigger, you know, tough guys that are like, I'm not no rapper because I'll really beat you up. <laughs> and like, so again, you want to get away from that stigma <laughs> regardless, like being a rap, being a rapper, like straight up with that title, like it is, everybody can do it now. So it's like, it's not special. Yeah. All right. So I talked about a little bit. I mean, I think you laugh at this too. Certain rappers, how they have like, you know, the image and how ridiculous it can get. What's uh, what's the least rapper thing about you? Everything. I suck at being a rapper, yo. If being a rapper w was all about, like, doing exactly what you want all the time, then I'd be awesome at it. But, like, you really got to... The thing is, we're all people, and these are all people. And sometimes you don't want to be all in everybody's face all the time, or you don't want to be around, like, these. you don't know some of these people. <laughs> like, like, yo, let's go to this person's thing tonight. Like, I don't know him. <laughs> like, I don't know any of them. I don't live here. Like, I don't want to go, you know what I'm saying? Do that sometimes, but sometimes you have to. Sometimes it's a, it's a career decision just to show up to the party sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, just like a lot of NBA players right now, um, are coming out with their mental health like stories like oh this is a taxing mentally environment to be in to be around a bunch of strangers all the time and you don't know what shit about them <laughs> but that you heard their songs and those are cool mm -hmm. and you gotta go like hang out with these people and then like you'll be oh you'll be in a studio or at the party and see some crazy shit. be like i'm gonna have a heart attack <laughs> if my mother don't come get me <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying right now it is scary in here and but it's like also like you can't be a bitch like you gotta <laughs> you gotta sit and do the whole thing you know and see it through and you do meet some really interesting people that way too and you do figure out that you're wrong about some people who you may have thought were like scarier than they actually are and shit people be cool too but again it's just like you know you don't want to do that all the time but and I think that's where the antics comes from you see how many of these rappers are coming out now apologizing for the way they've been acting. For the past three years, yeah. that like that was a plan. <laughs> like the plan was to act like that, yeah. and then nobody likes it anymore. So that you don't want to do it anymore, and that's that's the other reason why I just will never participate in any any of my foolishness has to be like my foolishness. <laughs> it's not about to be nobody else telling me to do some stupid. Shit. Well, if you're gonna be ignorant, it's gonna be sincere. Exactly, I'm very sincerely ignorant <laughs> like, all the time. I like to think that I'm like the perfect amount of don't give a. All the time, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna come in. I, I'm not standing on this table, and the whole time <laughs> I'm here, I will not do it. Only Bobby Smurda is allowed to stand on it, as far as I'm concerned. And Tom Cruise, no, no, he stood <laughs> on Oprah's couch. No, I know he did. That was just Oprah should have took the belt off. <laughs> this crazy ass nigga out here talking about some Katie Holmes. <laughs> like, like what? What was the first big check you got where you're like, wow, I'm killing this? Um, I want to say it was my first headliner, maybe, or, or it was either my first headliner or maybe the first time I like did a like modeling gig. Um, it was for a magazine, and I think we got like around maybe a thousand dollars, maybe a little less. Um, 
But it was like, you know, I was living at my mom's at the time. I didn't even have an iPhone at this point, so this was like balling to me. Um, and I'm taking pictures. And then also my um, first headliner at the Middle East downstairs. Um, I made like a good amount of money and we sold it out. And it was me and all the homies. And I just remember thinking like, I'm about to buy mad sneakers. It's super funny. Like that year I bought like a pair of shoes like almost weekly. And I fully regret it. I sold almost all of them at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, I decided to move and get a new spot. And I was like, damn, I need to get like a bunch of money. But I didn't know how much like security deposits and all that shit was. And I was like, damn, like in two weeks, I need to have all of this bread together. Okay, let's get all these shoes I bought this year <laughs> and sell them on the Twitter market and then got the money and moved out. Uh, this question is something that Malcolm J. Gray wanted me to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, skinny Rick Ross. <laughs> What's up, Malcolm? Uh, what are your favorite hair products? Ooh, why, why does he need to know? know. He's bald. <laughs> He's yeah. literally so bald. Well, maybe because he truly has no idea. <laughs> okay, um, I have this Do Grow anti like itch oil that smells really nice. I use that in my hair. Um, there's this argan oil conditioner. It's really thick. I forgot who makes it, but it's this like red label and the, the writing's really thin. It says argan oil, leave-in conditioner. I wash my hair and then I use that and let it sit in my hair for like three minutes in my hair. It's so strong that you could like smell, it smells like your hair is still wet like the next day because you could just smell it on it and it smells really good. Um, I use that. We have like a bunch of Cantu in my house and like hair lotions, stuff like that. But I, I think also teacher oil. A little, he knows a bottle, the one with the brown top. My grandmother always put that in my, so yeah, that stuff. I think that's everything. I don't, I, I mix it up. Uh, we'll just, I just see stuff and be like, that looks like it belongs in my hair. And I, cause we got, I, where I live is a gang of beauty supplies around me. So I just go to the beauty spot. Yo, you know how much, going to a beauty supply is like going to Target. Really? Yeah, yeah, like, cause you spend a million dollars every time you go to Target. Same thing with the beauty supply. You go in there and he's just like, Okay, I need this coconut oil, cause. <laughs> but then you're like, damn, this avocado oil is like probably good for something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the next thing you know, you got all these products in this big black bag. You go home, and you dump it, and you're just like, I'm going to put all this stuff on my body right now. <laughs> like, and reach supreme blackness. <laughs> <laughs> Current you gets a time machine, and you go back and meet 15-year-old you. Uh, I think about this a lot. Really? Yeah, like a lot. Like okay. probably daily. <laughs> okay. So what so you know the answer. What information are you gonna pass along? Um honestly, I always get into the moral debate with myself about whether I would just tell me what's gonna happen, uh, so I can make bets. But then I'm like, would everything change? Would like, you know what I'm saying, would I hate some of the people who I love now? Would they hate me? So I, I don't know if I'm ready for those consequences. So I think I'll just like say like you know, all the stuff that I was afraid to do, I would tell myself to do because there's stuff that I was afraid to do for a long time and then got older and was like, this isn't so bad. Um, also, I'd probably mainly teach myself how to rap good then because I didn't get nice. I started rapping in like seventh grade and I didn't get actually, I feel like, good at rapping and like sounding good in my voice and everything until I was like 21. So I would probably try to teach myself as best as I could how to do the stuff I could do now um, with music and with everything, like as quickly as possible, teach myself then so that I can make dope songs 
before being, you know, an adult. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't think I made any any good songs till I was like 19, 20. So if I could start making good songs at 15, mm -hmm. like that, and now I know the internet and how that's gonna work, like, I would just teach myself all about what rap's gonna be in 10 years. <laughs> like, I think we just made up a movie plot, like old and young Michael Christmas, teach him how to rap. Teach him how to up. get like, damn, he wasn't, he didn't, he didn't do it right. Yeah. So now we go back and we do it right. You know, well, yeah, yeah, cut that whole shit out. <laughs> just give me royalties, man. I got you, man. Yo, I, that's the other thing. I want to write movies too. Yeah. I've written several stupid ass plots, man. <laughs> do you have a favorite bad movie? Like, uh, like a movie that's so bad it's good? I have too many favorite bad movies. Yeah, me too. I like I them better have, than good I, movies. <laughs> I kind of like them better than good movies. The good movie has to be so good yeah. for me to, because like, I tell people all the time, bad TV and bad movies, there's like some good shit in there. Yeah. Like even if the whole, pe like even I'm watching right now, Um, you ever hit, watch Unsolved on TBS? It was about Biggie yeah. and Tupac. Yeah, I've seen so that. I, it's on Netflix now and I was like, I don't want to watch this. Like this yeah. is going to be completely inaccurate and stupid and I put it on. And I was like, this is so good. Yes. <laughs> they got the uh, the dude that played the dad on Don't Be a Menace to Society, who was younger than his son. Yeah. <laughs> he's playing, he's playing like the dude that like potentially killed Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, this is amazing. This is great. Uh, it's like the OJ show when Cuba Gooden Jr. played OJ. Like, yeah. this makes no sense, and it's amazing. <laughs> but that was. <laughs> Good. Cuba Gooding Jr. is still playing OJ. <laughs> he did such a good job. <laughs> no, I, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Club Club Dread is one of those movies. A lot of people don't like that movie. I love that movie. Uh, damn, off top because I just really like a lot of bad movies. This is tough. Um, Spaceballs. Again, I don't even know if that's a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot of movies I really like. Uh, the, I think there's this movie called like Stan Helsing. I haven't heard of that. Movie. It's a parody in the vein of scary movie, um, but it's not scary movie. It's like it's something else. But they have like all the different horror villains, like a parody of them all, and it's just the stupidest horror comedy. And I just I think it's great. Keenan Thompson's in it wearing a fucking Superman <laughs> costume, mad fat and hilarious. Like it's just it's a type of movie. I like movies like that. I like movies that nobody's seen that are really funny. It all comes from staying home all damn day when I was supposed to be in school and whatever the fuck came on, I was just gonna watch it. Or go on demand and be like, this looks like it has nudity. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you rap about and you're pretty open about having anxiety. Is <laughs> Yes, sir. How is that being that you're someone that gets recognized? Does that do those two things ever clash? And, yeah, you know, anxiety is not like a sometimes thing for me. Really, I'm super calm and chill right now. I'm having a great time here. Yeah, it's super safe space. Yeah, <laughs> I feel really good in here. But anxiety is something that it creeps up on me like at all times. Like four in the morning, just getting tired. Oh, guess what? This is a thing in your life right now, and it's like it's all the time. The studio is almost the only time I don't really get anxiety mm -hmm. and it needs to be like i need to have everything around me in order in order for that to be cool so like i need whatever i'm drinking i need whoever i needed to see that day to be there so i don't need to talk to them on my phone at all yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. anything that needed to be handled needs to be in the room so that i can just like zone out and get into my thing because mm -hmm. if not like i it's just always something going on and even if there's not going on it's like what about in three years <laughs> yeah, yeah. anxiety is it's crippling at times it it uh it's where like the homies will come to town for a show 
And I'll be like, yo, I want to come to y'all show. And then it gets to be about 8 o'clock, hour before I need to be at the show. And I'm like, damn, I don't want to go. And I want to see my friends and I want to support them. But, like, the idea of being outside (laughs) after I'd already been inside and it was cool. (laughs) And being around people and, like, all these people, I don't know who's who, you know what I'm saying? Like, anxiety sucks as an entertainer. Um, and depression also sucks as an entertainer. These are both things that are like really trash. Um, but like strangers walking up to me doesn't give me anxiety. Okay. I think unless they talk to me for way too long and it starts to make me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> when they overstay the welcome. Exactly. Yeah. When, when they like try to tag along, just anything that make that anything that involves me having to deal with some shit after this interaction, I don't want to do. It. <laughs> but people come up to me, they say really nice things, and that's super helpful. For somebody with anxiety to be reassured that you're doing something right, um, but nah, otherwise, yeah, all day. <laughs> like I'll, I'll ignore calls from everybody all day because I'm just like, oh, you're gonna call me for like you're calling me for a reason. I don't even care what it is. <laughs> like, yeah, I am. I am stuck right now, and I'm not going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It it, it sucks, and and it's almost like. I think there should be more things to help take care of people with anxiety because anxiety is not going to kill you, but it could stop you from doing a lot of things that you could have done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It could stop you from making that call today instead of making a call in a month when it's too late. Mm-hmm. That's anxiety to me. That's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Those feelings like, yo, I have to call my bank. I don't want to talk to my bank right now. <laughs> I don't want to, or like, oh, I, why is this happening? Why is, oh, shit, I got to call Verizon and see why my Wi-Fi is acting up. What if they didn't take the money out? Is my card fraudulent? <laughs> like, you start spinning, uh, you know what I'm saying, for all these little, little things that these things cause anxiety. And then you, it almost, you start to feel ashamed, too, because it starts to become, like, kind of an excuse. Yeah. Not to you, but to other people. Um, you can't lean on one thing every time is an excuse no matter what it is because it'll start to get annoying to the people around you who don't understand and that's why anxiety is so trash you know what I'm saying <laughs> like like yo you want to go do this no yo you you want to go be a part of this mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. no I don't it'll just make me uncomfortable yeah. but then it's like you know you're wasting opportunities <laughs> you know as an artist you can't waste opportunities and that, and, and you can't take them for granted either like there's a lot of things that anxiety stopped me from doing that I regret yeah. not going to. Even like functions that I was just like. Oh. Or you could be networking and meeting people to help you level up. Or having a good time. Honestly, yeah, like, yes, yes, 100%. That's, that's more important. And, and a lot of the time, I'll take the sacrifice of anxiety yeah. for a good opportunity. But there's times where I have let opportunities fully slide because I was just like, no, nah, man, I feel it in my back. Like anxiety, you can feel that physically. People think you can't or people who don't have it yeah. don't know what it's really like. But you can... You can feel it up like your spine and in your shoulders. There's like a thing, like it feels like you're being held like handlebars mm-hmm. and just stuck there and you can't move. Like that's, I went through that a lot when I was going to school, yeah. uh, which is why I stopped going. There was days where like that anxiety would creep up on me. I'd get dressed and then it'll get stronger and stronger the more I inch towards the door and then I'm, until it broke me. I'm just like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't do it. Like I'm not going to it. Whatever. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take the 10 years from now, bro consequences <laughs> because I didn't go to school because I did not feel it yep. <laughs> and then, uh, but you know rap was always a soothing thing for me so it was always pretty easy to get out of my head when it came to making music you know and and also it was the only outlet I've ever really had for people to like something I did 
you know, versus just like not giving a shit or not knowing. Like people saw that and were like, oh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? So that that praise that helps fight anxiety. Like I don't get anxious going to my shows. <laughs> I don't ever get anxious going to my Christmas show. I know I'm about to go do my thing. I'm gonna have a lot of fun. Those people are gonna have a lot of fun, even if they don't know me. I'm a performer too. It's weird having two sides of this coin where like I am absolutely an introvert who does not like doing anything. But I also love performing. <laughs> like I love performing. I love meeting people. Yeah. It's, it's a it's weird. But you know, everybody has multiple sides. You might have kind of said this already, but as horrible as it is, has it added to your creativity in any way? Yeah, I think um, mainly it's it's just a thing to talk about. Not in the sense of like, oh, I don't know what to talk about. Let me talk about anxiety. But it's so prominent in my life that. And I know for a fact that it's really prominent in a lot of people's lives yeah. that talking about it helps me and I think it helps them to hear somebody, you know, say something. It's the same thing, like I said, with the NBA players and like coming out with their mental health discussions is like um, you can't just expect everybody to just yeah. be able to be the superstar you need them to be all the time. That's how I feel like that's how a lot of people crash out later is by putting off the things they're going through. And then next thing you know, you shaving your head off <laughs> on camera. You know what I'm saying? Shaving all your hair off on camera is some crazy shit. Uh, so it's like, I think you need someone to tell you that it's okay to be anxious. Yeah, and if nobody else, I would like to be the person to do it. Because I feel like I won't do it in a way that makes anybody super sad. Yeah, well, it might make one of your fans. One of your fans might feel like, you know, they're crazy or something. Then they see you and it's like, oh, this guy's talking like this and he's doing yeah, bro. Like it, you need you need that you need representation. Mm-hmm. I feel like every everybody needs representation with their like. That's why I really like. A, I don't know if you've seen Atypical on Netflix. Uh, it's about this kid with autism mm-hmm. who's just trying to do like normal. Shit and uh, he's pretty good at like a lot of the shit he does. He just has autism, so he's different. And the way he speaks is different. The way he reads things is different. His reactions are different. But like uh, like at this point in the show, he's like going to college now. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's like that's something that he didn't really see for himself. And he's trying to do it without using the services that they provide because of the statistics of people with autism in college. That, to me, was like a great representation because I've never had like a homie who directly had autism or anything like that. So, um, and I enjoy the show and I love the kid who plays uh, the, the main kid on the show. I think more things like that where it's like, this doesn't need to be heavy. Yeah. This doesn't need to be depressing. You don't like it's not these are not life ending mm. things. These are just things that, you know, some people have. Uh so it's like it's just representation. Gotcha. Is there anything that pisses you off but you know is ridiculous, but it still pisses you off? Like some you're like, I know this is stupid, but I'm still getting angry about it. <laughs> uh Game of Thrones fans <laughs> were like really pissing me off for a little bit. Like truly like I had like malicious happiness when this last season went south for them. <laughs> because just the amount, like, who the fuck do you think you are <laughs> to tell me after you watched s- several seasons of this that now I need to start it? <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. I don't want to. And it, it was just getting pushed in my face everywhere, and I felt weird for not knowing the stuff. But, like, I didn't care to know the stuff, and people made me feel bad about it. So I didn't, I really was an anti-Game of Thrones fan. Um, when people move 
and don't like put it where it goes. That's like a huge, but that's every. I feel like yeah. people don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> people don't like that. Uh, you know what? Now living with like women for like a long time, I hate when people leave their toilet seat up. Yeah, even if it's a house full of men, like it just looks nasty to me now. Now knowing, like it's just like yo, put that shit down, bro. Um, trying to think of unreasonable self checkouts, paying for bags. Yeah, I'm starting to like grind my gears, uh, my way into like a bunch of stuff I don't like. But paying for bags <laughs> is pissing me off. And what's worse is paying for bags with no handles. Yeah. If you're gonna give me a f- bag to carry all this stuff, like I need to be able to carry all this. Like, what do you want me to carry this bag like a baby all the way back to the crib? Like, <laughs> it's bullshit. Like, give me a plastic bag that can hold all these items. I'm so against bringing my own bag, too. I just I'm not going to bring my own bag. <laughs> it's, not it's not even a thing of, like, one, I, aside from the fact that I think it looks crazy to walk up to a supermarket with, like, 10 plastic bags. Uh, it's just like, no. I spent my whole, and it, it's some selfish, but whatever. And paper straws, just have metal straws. Like, it, I'd much rather carry my own metal. That's different from, from the bringing your own bag. Paper straws are not a thing. I remember my dad had his heart attack and we was in the hospital and they brought him some juice with a paper straw and he took a sip and he was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a paper straw. It's good for the environment. It's just like, man. He's like, give, can I get a real straw, please? I just had a heart attack. This day already sucks. Come on. He's like, I can't even get a real straw. Like, yo. Nah, that was yeah. Days are all blue. Have you uh, have you seen the movie Groundhog's Day? Yeah, of course. One of my favorite movies. Okay, so yeah. you know the premise, obviously. So yeah. there's like a million Groundhog's Day movies now <laughs> yeah. because of that movie. Yeah. If that happened to you, what day would you want it to be? If you had to pick a day in your life to do over and over and over and get trapped in? Theoretically, none of them. Okay. Because like. By the third time, no matter what day it is, I'm probably going to be over it. (laughs) I'm probably going to be done with that. Uh, But. And also because it's tough because like there's a bunch of days I want to relive a couple times. (laughs) Like, But he relived Groundhog's Day like 40 times. (laughs) So I, I would hope that the only time that would ever happen to me is when I have some unsolved business, unfinished business that the universe is telling me to fix. Um. Otherwise, I would just rather not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather not Groundhog's Day a day over and over. But I guess something like maybe the day I did Lollapalooza, that was super fun. Uh, and I could do it differently every time. That yeah, you know what? That would be fun because then I could like knowing I was gonna do it again, I could fuck Lollapalooza a bunch of times. <laughs> I could read that was my favorite show and set I've ever done. So I could do that set a do you know bunch of different were there ways. While you were performing? Yeah. yeah. I know. Oh, um, how many? Yeah. I know by the time I was done with my set, it was around like 10K oh, wow. or something. Yeah. It was a lot. It started off as not a lot. It was probably, it's like a big wide field and like a lot of people. But it was like you could see holes in the defense. And then. I came out and did my first song, and I just I had my horn players, and everybody ran out with me. They're spraying water. We were like the first set, um, maybe second. And so everybody was live. As soon as we came out, everybody's jumping and going crazy, and it was dope. And then probably by like my third song, it was like 25% more people. 
And then by my, like, by the time I was done, it was a ton. It was, like, people in trees and shit. Like, it was crazy. So, <laughs> um, by the end, I think it was around, like, 10,000, something like that. And so, I would get the opportunity to do that. Like, I might do an all-stand-up set and see how much. The problem with that is having to do, like, the whole day over again. I'd probably, I did, like, two more shows. I'd probably cancel the last one. Um, it was dope. I did, like, Reggie's with Black. Uh, me and Reggie did Black, and that was cool. But, like, I'm not doing that shit every day. <laughs> I'm not doing that. So I want to do the big set again a bunch of times. And maybe even I did a small set right after my Lala set at a different, like, tent. I would do that one again. That was cool, too. And the Black show was cool, but by that point, my voice was gone. And I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> it sucks when your voice is raspy and you have to do a show. Yeah. I wouldn't do that shit over. I'd got to go do something crazy that night. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, but I'll do that day over. What's one of the funniest things you've seen that was not supposed to be funny? <laughs> All right. So I saw this lady fall uh, at Ruggles' train station, me and my boy. It was I was in high school. And uh, we're walking up the back. It's probably like 15 stairs. And they're like those wide stairs. They're not the steep. They're like the, you can run straight stairs almost. Yeah. And this lady had this bike she was carrying down the stairs, and in her other hand, she had a grocery bag. We were teenagers. We didn't give a shit. And she's coming down the stairs, and we see her kind of slip. And she didn't, like, it wasn't, like, a fast busting her ass down the stairs. She, like, fell and kind of, like, landed with the bike, like, up on her in the grocery bag, like, still kind of toted and was, like, falling down the stairs, like, slow as while this is happening, it was just like, hey, <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And uh, <laughs> she fell for mad long. She just kept falling at me. My boy just kept laughing. We weren't that far away from her. We were like right in front of her, but we might as well have been because we were just laughing super hard. And I remember this lady walked in between us and the stairs and looked so mad at us for laughing, but she didn't do sh to help. She just like <laughs> looked ashamed at us. We were laughing and they kept it moving. Laughing I feel bad about that, but I called my dad right after and I was like, dad, I just seen the most funniest I ever seen in my whole life. And he said, what happened? You seen a white girl fall? And I was like, yes, why did you know that? <laughs> He's he like, knew. yo, I he seen knew. this girl fall one time. <laughs> and then he proceeded to tell me a story that like completely mirrored mine. And I was just like, so that's it? That's like the key to life? As far as funny things, is watching like white women slip and fall. And he said, that's what he said. I was like, that's kind of crazy, but it was hella funny. I was like, I'm sure if it was anybody else, it would have been funny too. But this particular lady had that face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was super funny. I seen a, a shorty at this party I was at in LA recently. It was like a three-step little thing, and she like stepped down too big, so her leg like caught back all the way, and she like basically landed on the Kaepernick knee. You feel me? Like landed like on one of those like three steps below where she thought she was stepping. She had these high ass heel boots on. This shit was so crazy. And they picked her up instantly. <coughs> but every time I see one of those, like the group of girls with the heels on and the one drunk friend bust her ass, like we see that all the time in Boston. So yeah, like, yeah. it's funny every time. On those like, old, like, like, yo, get your streets. Yeah, even yeah. one of my homegirls. Uh, she had a birthday party and she got f smackaroons at the dinner. 
And then <laughs> we was all supposed to go to like a club after. She was so drunk she fell on the way out the restaurant and they was like, Yeah, we should just take her to the crib. <laughs> She's done for the party. <laughs> like no club for her. It's always on the birthdays. It's always the one with the TR that fall. <laughs> Every time. So you're an entertainer. Have you ever met anyone that made you starstruck? <sighs> starstruck is a weird way to put it. Yeah. For some people, because I wasn't, I met like Gambino uh, super early, like right after Michael Sarah, And I wasn't starstruck necessarily. It was more like, whoa, like this is crazy. Because he knew about like Michael Sarah and that was like, Nuts to me. Yeah. Um, but again, not like uh, Goodwin, because he said he liked the videos. Goodwin was geeked about that. <laughs> like, yeah. Goodwin was starstruck about that because he's like, Gambino said he liked my video. Like, and yeah, he did. That's crazy. Um, I saw 50 Cent. I didn't meet him, saw him uh, while I was doing an interview at This Is 50, the day Is This Heart came out. And that was nuts. I was losing it. Um, I met Liam Gallagher from uh, Shameless. Again, not starstruck, but just like, what? <laughs> like, I turned, we was backstage at Wall of Blues, and I turned, and I was like, oh, that's Liam Gallagher. Like, what the fuck? And I, like, told him to come to my show that he didn't come to. <laughs> like that. Uh, meeting Mac was, again, not necessarily starstruck, because he was already, you know, hip to my shit and invited me over. Yeah. But meeting him was just like, yo, you're really here. You really exist, and you really invited me over. <laughs> like, why? Like, that was uh, tight. But no, Starstruck. I get Starstruck meeting uh, the younger rappers that, like, are new that are really cool. That's I'll be like, yo, yours is amazing. Like, how old are you? Like, you're, <laughs> like, 19, and you're going crazy like this? Like, that That would be so interesting to me because it's just, like, that talent and that not knowing where things are going to go that's the most exciting uh, to me is that first couple of years of doing your thing and it working. Because yeah. you have a million years of doing your thing and it don't work. You have uh, you have all the years in your life to dream about what you could do before your dreams actually start coming true. And more or less, getting rich isn't like the only dream. When you're young and you don't have anything, people noticing, that's the dream. <laughs> like So... When people start to notice and you start to put out good shit and you start to get your shoulders right, you know what I'm saying, and start to get that calmness and your charisma, that, that those be the little, you know, those are the superstars to me. That's like, how far are you going to take this shit? You know what I'm saying? How far can you go with it? That's I tell people, there's so many things I want to do, but I've always wanted to take an artist and, like, develop them. And I think eventually when I get sick of making music, if I ever do, um, and have the time and the resources, I definitely want to develop and work with an artist and really make them work the way Tim made me work and shit. but I want to make them work and figure out what works for them and see if we can get every ounce of like personality and feeling and everything out of that artist and see how big we can take it because I like Van Buren um that group I know one of them from like school he was like in a couple grades below me and I know his older cousin and Luke Bars um and then I've just been seeing what he's been doing for the past couple of years and like that group. And they're all so talented and so good. And I kick it with them and they give me the same feeling I have when I hang out with like a Brockhampton or when I hang out with like Pivot Gang. Mm -hmm. Groups like that, that like every member is nice. Everybody has a job. Everybody's doing it well. Everybody has a look. You know what I'm saying? All these people work as solo artists and, you know what I'm saying, as a group, they're 
like Wu Tang nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even so, though they probably look up to you, you're getting motivated by them. I'm extremely motivated by them. We did that Red Bull show with them and Stiz, and uh, I told them to put. I told Breck One, who was like doing the show, because uh, he they originally wanted somebody else and they couldn't get them, and they only had a couple days to figure out who to get next. And I was like, well, you know what? I don't know if you thought about getting like a group, but there's this group Van Buren. Super fire. I think they'll really turn the show up. And he called, I linked him with Luke Bars that day. They, by the next day, it was all set. Like, they was on the bill. And I was like, I can't wait. To, and I remember being at the show, and they were on stage, and we were watching through this window. It was kind of like this. And say, this is the show. That's the window. And they're going dumb. Crowd's going dumb. They're going dumb. And we can hear it outside. And we're, and you know, I'm, I know this already, so I'm, but uh, Stiz is there. Stiz is like my best friend, him and OG. So I'm watching one of Stiz's homies through the window, and then Stiz comes over, and I'm like, look at this shit. And he's like, yeah, they're going crazy. And then uh, he sees us watching the window. He's like, you know, you can open this door as a door. I didn't realize at all. I was I was already drunk at this point. <laughs> and so we go through the door, and we're standing by the stage, and like me and Stiz are both standing there watching them, and they're killing us. And I remember how like Stiz loved it. Like He really enjoyed it. They're set and like afterwards, just kicking it with them, doing ciphers and like talking, taking pictures, the whole thing. And I just remember like looking at them and being like, "Yeah, like they belong in this environment. This is they're they're made for this." You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people who you put in that same situation and not exactly like prepared or they don't. They killed it. They were like the highlight to me of that night. Um, and it's like they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones. I think that have that potential. I think. Um, the same thing for Sean Wire and like his whole group with Najee and Milk. Like they have a dope sound, R and B, neo soul rap, yeah. going crazy. <laughs> like uh, Vintage Lee, obviously, I think she's already at that point now. I think like we could stop talking about her coming up and talk about her getting there now. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, tons of people, tons of people making their moves, and it makes me super happy. So those would be the people when I when I see Vintage every time. I don't know how to act because she's so cool. <laughs> So I feel like I'll be talking too much when I'm around here. I'm just like, we shut up. I'm probably annoying, pimply. Uh, that's what I got, man. Anything you want to end on or add? No, this is, it's, what time is it? It's dark out. Yeah, it's, it's three o'clock. I'm sick of this. <laughs> I am tired of it. Also, I really like this office space slash conference room, I think. I'm going to take one of these. If you got an open office in here, I'll just take one. Yeah, just start showing up. And... <laughs> People do that. You ever see Office Space? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, of <laughs> I'll be that guy. Nah, um, you know, holidays coming up. I got some new music that I'm gonna try to drop oh. ASAP. I'm literally like working on it as we speak. Okay. Um, but if I can, I would like to get a couple more songs out before the year's up. All right. And maybe a video. Nope. That's what I got. Michael Christmas, about to go back home and play Call of Duty so much. <laughs> Well, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, shout out to all the guests that will be on this podcast after me. Uh, I don't know if y'all gonna cuss as much, but good luck. <laughs> I think you're gonna hold the record for a while. <laughs> Am I? I yeah, I should have asked. I usually ask about swearing, but it's a podcast, so I'm like, yeah. But I don't know. Uh, y'all can bleep them if you want. I was like, I'd rather have a lot you, of bleeps. I didn't want to tell anyone because I'd ha rather have you be yourself and bleep it after. You know what I mean? I apologize, guys, no, no, for no, all no. the blank space <laughs> in this interview. <laughs> I apologize for all the silence. Or be you do beeps or do you do silence?
because like there's like strung along. Thank you for listening to this episode. Huge thanks to Michael Christmas for appearing on the show. Uh, make sure to go download his latest album, Baggy Eyes 2, wherever you find music. Big thanks to Johnny for creating the theme song for the show called Everything Else. Uh, go download that, please, anywhere you can find music. It's there, Spotify, Apple Music, you name it. Uh, we're going to play it at the end of this episode. And another big thanks to our producer and editor, Larry Doherty, for killing it behind the scenes. We'll catch you next time. Thanks. I've been trying to shine in a big way. I've been outside trying to make waves. They ain't getting mine, gotta get paid. But you don't need the dollars just to make change. And every day waking up, going do it. Never been afraid talking about going through it. See, small talk's really not my thing. We can go way deeper on the day to day. I wanna tell you how I feel. Why don't we talk about what's real? I know I done all I can I gave this thing my heart Always start to play And you know with all I am Man, all I got is my love and my word and my faith All I can I gave these dreams my heart so you know Typical stereo, studio, radio It's always the same questions, oh man, here we go Like, who you dating now, who do you think you sound like? No breakfast club, man, I'll turn you into a soundbite Yeah, I hate that, I just want some laid back Real talk, pulled up in an Uber, not a Maybach Man, it's gotta be a better way We can go way deeper with the conversation I wanna tell you how I feel Why don't we talk about what's real? I know I done all I can I gave this thing my heart Always stuck to the plan And you know with all I am Man, all I got my love and my word and my faith All I can I gave these dreams my heart so you know Thank you.